And we're back with my good friend, Tom Fitton. Welcome back, Devin Nunes. Tom, welcome back to the show. Thanks for being on True Social. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. Good to be with you again, Devin. You look great. Well, look, I will tell you there is no one in Washington that I enjoyed working with more than you. Uh, you've heard this many a times, but it was you know your organization during all of the Russia hoax and for many, many years, not just uh, but but my particular dealings with you. I knew one thing when the left and the fake news was attacking me, my staff and everyone else. There was one person, one organization always there, and it was Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch. So thank you always for that, Tom. Well, we're happy to have helped you and, you know, done our part as a government watchdog group. And there are so few elected officials, certainly in Congress, who were willing to buck the system. You know, I don't I don't need to tell you, you know, typically the head of the Intelligence Committee is a creature of the intelligence community and is usually... <laughs> captured by the agency effectively and you know you know you did your job you gave them the respect that was due because a lot of good people are in the intelligence community that are really heroes and patriots uh but there was this uh metastasis uh that occurred with you know with corruption and politics and people thinking they knew better than elected officials and the people who elected them and uh, you you uncovered it Kudos well and as you as you know, the big problem is really the head of the snake or multiple snakes with the DOJ, FBI and the other agencies all kind of coordinating together. And it's really in Washington, D.C. is the biggest problem. You know, I it, it's I always felt like the you know, you don't really gather intelligence unless you're overseas. And over the course of of the history of these agencies, both military and, and other intelligence agencies, the, the bureaucracy grew and grew and grew, and then it just gets corrupted. And so much so, and I think a lot of this is honestly coming from the National Security Division within the Department of Justice that the, I think it really started with Obama. I think they figured out exactly the people that they needed in exactly the right spots. And so they were able to keep this small and tight. And as you know, they would always hide under this uh, moniker of, oh, ongoing investigation, national security, uh, really important uh, information could damage uh, the United States of America. So that was their game. That's what they played and that's how they've done it. And we're still dealing with what we uncovered years ago now. We're still dealing with it today. With, in fact, you know, serious breaking news. I, I was joking with Tom before the show uh, that, um, uh, you know, just uh, we, we picked the exactly right time because here's our good friend Chuck Grassley, probably for the last, 30, 40 years, the premier investigator uh, in both the House and the Senate. Oh, sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. And a great and a great friend to whistleblowers Yeah, uh, like no other senator. And I guess he and and uh, you tell me the House also released this FBI document, this secret document, this 1023, uh, which details reporting from a confidential human source uh, that essentially implicates uh, the president of the United States in a foreign bribery and extortion scheme involving, I want to remind people, Russia-linked Burisma. <laughs> I thought the best detail out of the document, there are many, many great details where the head of Burisma thought his dog was smarter than Hunter Biden and he needed some extra help. But uh, also that the meetings about these activities were taking place not, they weren't speaking Ukrainian. They were speaking Russian. 
And yeah. people forget that Burisma, and correct me if I'm wrong, I always understood Burisma to be a Russia-leaning country, uh, a company, a Russia-leaning organization. Uh, and um, so whenever you hear Burisma, think Russia. Yeah. Well, let's. So John Solomon, I think, had the first story out on this, uh, but this uh, this is a document from 2020. But what we find yeah. in this, Tom, and what you know, honestly, I have you know, I can say this now because I'm not in Congress, so you know, I, I don't have to be as you know politically correct. I guess sometimes I should be, but what pisses me off the most about this is you will recall that in 2019, Adam Schiff and the whole Democratic Party establishment concocted out of nowhere after the the Russia hoax failed miserably, Mueller failed miserably. They didn't have any information on Russia. We thought it was over. And then I remember getting this phone call. I was overseas trying to do real intelligence work, trying to help our country uh, and our and our allies um, get this call about uh, some whistleblower emergency. I had to come back to Washington for this whistleblower. I'm like, what the hell is this? So, you know, we get back, finally get back to uh, Washington. I want to say this was in, I remember, maybe August. I, I'm, I'm thinking it was, it was like just weeks after the Russia hoax basically imploded yeah. on them. And we have information on Ukraine. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, impeachment, boom. I mean, it's no different than what you see today that's happening with, the, with these corrupt uh, prosecutors that, that I know you're well aware of involving President Trump. Uh, and it's about this phone call that Trump had, and supposedly, supposedly there's this whistleblower. Um, then we learn that, uh, so we're going through this whole mess. I mean, Tom, remember, Adam Schiff read a phony phone call into the record in the House of Representatives, all while the FBI and the Department of Justice know that whatever Trump said on that phone call, even you could actually take uh, uh, Schiff's own words, Trump should have said a lot more than that. And I defended Bill Barr more than anyone, but I will tell you, was he asleep at the switch? What the hell was going on here? You had the whole country engulfed in this, in this mess when we had some stories that were from 2015 and 16 that the Clinton campaign probably leaked uh, to the, the you know very well-known fake news reporters in Washington, D.C., that had a lot of this information about the Biden's involvement in Ukraine. So you've got the, the fake news stories. You've got the, you, you now have, we know by two, late 2019, when we're going through impeachment, the Department of Justice, the FBI, they let us impeach the president of the United States over something that the president of the United States, Donald Trump, clearly didn't do, it, didn't do enough uh, because this should have been, if this would have been any Republican this would have been immediate, immediate indictments, and it didn't happen. Well, and and it shows you why they impeached Trump on this Ukraine call, right? Because remember, Trump was upset because he knew, because it was public, I don't think there were any state secrets here, that the Ukrainians were anti-Trump. Uh, obviously, Biden was tied to Burisma. It was well known in Washington, D.C., uh, that Joe Biden uh, was compromised because of the Burisma issue. And on top of that, uh, you know, Trump was willing to complain directly about it. And, um, and, and we now know why they were so nervous, so crazed that they would try to remove him from office for trying to investigate and uncover 
this Biden corruption, because this document shows the head of Arisma telling a, pay, a confidential human source for the FBI. And my understanding is typically they're paid. So th these are folks who, if they lie to the FBI, they're subject to all sorts of criminal sanction. And obviously they lose their job. Um, so you have the head of Arisma in this document. People should read the documents available and it's all over now, but you, you can find it. Yeah, just the news. John Solomon uh, has it there. He does a good job of actually writing a story and then actually putting the documents and vetting them in, in right. the story. And, and it's fully available on Chuck Grassley's website as well. The head of Burisma says they gave $10 million to the Bidens. He has recordings of Biden, of Hunter and Joe, 15 of uh, Hunter, two of Biden. Right, right. Um, right. Of Joe, text yeah. messages. And in, it, it's so crazy. This document, he says to the confidential human source, if something happens to me, can you pursue this issue? So these folks are in fear for their lives based on the information they have on the Bidens. And he makes it clear, no one will ever be able to figure out how I got money to the Biden machine. I mean, they didn't think they would that it would even, you know, even though he was a member of the board, um, the head of Burisma wasn't, he was confident they would never figure out how much money they were getting. Uh, and, and the idea that this has been sitting around now, remember this is in, was this June of 2020 at the time this document was written, the end of June. So they had this information going back years. Of course, they had the laptop going back to 2019, at least, uh, Hunter's been on the radar. I guarantee you, given Biden's conduct, they were probably investigating him throughout the entire Obama administration, or he was on the radar. And there were reasons to investigate him as senator, you know, because I do go back and remember, you know, let's remember Hunter got on the board of MBNA, uh, the big credit card company uh, based in Delaware. He got on the board of Amtrak, you know, so this is just part and parcel for the Biden um, uh, family operation. Take care of the son, take care of the family and leverage the public office for personal gain. Uh, but what we're seeing here is extortion. And uh, this is Rico. And, you know, I remember talking, you know, we're not allowed to mention Rudy Giuliani's name, I guess. Right. Mm -hmm. But I remember talking to Rudy about this. Uh, I interviewed him. And of course, he's a national expert on Rico. You know, he, he, he innovated in the use of it against the mafia. There's no doubt a Rico case could be made against the Biden family uh, uh, just on this document Jeez. alone, assuming just, assuming yeah. it pans out. And obviously it pans out because if it didn't pan out, they wouldn't have been hiding it from us for three years. That's exactly right. And and they've got the bank records, with, you know, the money to prove it. And, and, and it's not just this. This is just Burisma, which is why this clip can't be played enough. But I want to play it for for everyone. Just in, I, I can't imagine that that all of you watching have not seen it. But uh, we're going to play the I guess it's known as the well son of a bitch. Uh, uh, clip here. So let's go with it. Press conference said, no, nah. I said, I'm not going to, we're not going to give you the billion dollars. They said, you have no authority. You're not the president. The president said, I said, call him. <laughs> I said, I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars. I said, you're not. Getting well, there it is. Yep. And the prosecutor was fired and you can see yes. that Barisma was worried about this prosecution. Remember Schiff and company said there was no real investigation. This document shows there was a serious corruption investigation and they knew they were guilty. You know, and, and, and you know, we got documents. I don't know if you know about these documents, but 
we had uh, the ambassador. I forget her name, Yovanovitch. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Trump ambassador. Yes, you remember aunt, Biden right. went to Ukraine just before Trump came into office. It was like December, January of twenty of 2009 was it would have been 2015 2016 2017 so it was just literally weeks before trump came into office and um his uh, and uh Yovanovitch's associate the another anti-trumper who testified against uh trump or uh in the impeachment uh they he noted for her in monitoring russia media that the russians were mocking biden's anti-corruption trip uh, because of obviously his son's connection to Burisma. And so the Obama State Department official writes to the Ukraine, our ambassador to Ukraine uh, that the Russians were trolling Biden on this corruption issue and that Burisma was the gift that kept on giving in terms of causing problems for the United States. So we had confirmation the Obama State Department considered the corruption related to Hunter and Joe to be a national security issue vis-a-vis -vis our relations with Russia. And Russia had us over a barrel over it. And I tell you, you can draw a direct line, a little bit dotted at times, from uh, the Biden corruption to the invasion of Ukraine. Now, did it mean that Russia invaded Ukraine because of Biden? No. But you have to, you have to guess that Putin considered Biden's corruption that he knew about because it was Russia money both from the mayor of Moscow's widow and Burisma, um, plus uh, his, his evident incompetence, that um, those were all plus factors in invading Ukraine. You know, well, yeah. Biden's on the take. He's corrupt and compromised. I think, I think I'll take the risk. Does it mean that was the only reason he did it or the key reason? It was a contributing factor that uh, I think most sensible people, sensible people would argue. And I think the same is going on with China. They're much more aggressive and, and, and engage in uh, much more riskier behavior with the United States because they know Biden's been on the take from them. Right. And, and it makes perfect sense as to why, why are they being so crazily aggressive? He, they, what do they have on Biden? We now know. Yeah. Well, I want to play. There's one more clip, uh, Tom. And we're going to play it real quick, but it's getting to the point you're making. Where's the money? Let's play it now. Wait, 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 wait. The bribery allegation. Congresswoman Nancy May says there's damning evidence that FBI filed that you sold out the country. Do you have a response to congressional Republicans? Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, Mr. It's President, a, it's a bunch of malarkey. Mr. President, what do you say to Americans to convince? Where's it's the money? Hunter's, it's the money's in Hunter's accounts. He was paying Biden's bills. He was paying for Biden. That's what the other evidence demonstrates. And it's money that Hunter uh, didn't pay taxes on. And this man's administration, Joe Biden's administration, coincidentally gave him a free pass on having to pay taxes on it. They yeah. gave a gift. They gave a gift to Hunter in the form of a get out of jail free card for knowingly and willfully failing to pay taxes on the bribes they were getting from Burisma. Yeah. And let's uh, let's not forget that it is that they basically all of the people that testified there there that were their witnesses during that impeachment and you were you were kind of alluding to it. Almost all of those witnesses if you really look deep 
they all have their own problems with Ukraine. And, you know, I'm convinced now looking back that many of those witnesses lied to Congress. But furthermore, just to just to make the point on the tax evasion, Tom, tax evasion and, and thank God those IRS, the IRS investigators, those whistleblowers came forth yesterday. But Tom, those are the least of the problems. Those are the those are the lowest. The fact that they didn't, I mean, go after them for taxes. What about all the other stuff that's out there? Yeah, you know, the famous comparison, obviously, is to Al Capone. He's a mafia figure, a murderer, or extorter, and, you know, right. talk about racketeering. And, you know, the federal position was, well, the easiest thing to do is to get him on taxes. And that's what they did. And so when faced with a similar scope of criminality by Hunter and, and his family, let's be clear, it's about Joe, his brothers, who knows who else, I guess other grandchildren and family members involved as well. They didn't even want to get him on taxes, even though, you know, you know, right. it's a paper crime. I mean, you could either, you know, the money goes in, it's either income or not, you pay taxes on it or you don't. If you don't have a good reason for doing it, you face criminal sanctions. And they wouldn't even do that against Hunter. Tom, just imagine if if you and I, and I'm just want to caution the viewers, this didn't happen. I'm just <laughs> pretending that this happened. But if you and I jumped in a car and we were going 100 miles an hour down the freeway with prostitutes in the back uh, and uh, let's just say nude prostitutes in the back and crack pipes, smoking it while we're going 100 miles an hour down, I don't know, what is that, I-95 that leads south of, of Washington there. Um, Tom, what would happen if that would surface from you and I? Yeah, I mean, there'd be there'd be additional investigations in the least. <laughs> there'd be knocks. I mean, they would raid our homes. I mean, they would yeah, be yeah, and and re and we recorded it, right? I mean, yeah, everything and, and, would be. And we're it, all supposed to pretend that you know, uh, I the new spin out of the administration is well, we could never have convicted Hunter because of his his terrible crack addiction. You know, everyone would have been sympathetic. You know, let's be clear. It's actually worse for Hunter based on on this issue, because it further confirms that, well, why would he be hired if everyone knew he was a crack addict? Right. You, you know, it was you know, you can't hide that from so, people in the business in the business world, especially if he's uh, evidently as close to some of these folks as he was um, as the emails and text messages show. And it, it just further shows that it can further confirms that he was hired because of his connections and it was for no good. Yeah. So Tom, this is a good segue speaking of crack um, because another scandal that would be a major scandal uh, has occurred here in the last few weeks. And that is that uh, cocaine was found uh, at the white house. Now you and I have uh, been to the white house many, many times. Um, I have said on this, I don't know whose cocaine it was, but I know that unless you are a family member, because, um, you know, even or even members of Congress, we've got to go through the main security. Uh, now, we don't get patted down, but it's almost impossible to me, Tom, that that cocaine didn't belong to someone that would have been very, very close in the inner circle of either Biden or Harris, because uh, it had to be somebody the Secret Service would have kind of ushered ushered through. I just can't imagine a a staff person or a Secret Service member or somebody in the military 
being able to get a bag of cocaine through that uh, through the um, the security. Uh, nor do I think they would be crazy enough to one take it in and two leave it there. Um, and also, as you know, as and and I know, um, this there would be limited people that would have been in this part of the White House. So you could quickly narrow this down to do a simple investigation of of who was there, narrow it down, and and you know go after this. The fact that, uh, and I'm sure Judicial Watch is is if you're not on this already, you're going to be on it. But to be sure we are. Well, that the Secret Service, the head of the Secret Service can survive this. Like, oh, investigation over. We didn't find anything. That's supposed to be the most protected building in the world. And they can't find of a, of, of at most 100 people that would have been in the building that day and likely left that bag of cocaine. Yeah, I mean, they're pretending it's upwards of 500, which is a number that's alien to me, given my experience in both locations. Now, we're assuming the location is where they say it was. I mean, it's moved three times, according to, I call it the magical bag of cocaine. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and the only folks who walk through those spaces are senior government officials and senior guests and senior staff in the White House. Yeah. I mean, I've sat in the lobby downstairs across from the mess where the national, uh, where the, where the situation room is, you know, the president walks by there. Okay. That's not like, you know, the, the rotunda of the Capitol, the lobby upstairs where, you know, supposedly the cell phone, you know, where we all keep our cell phones, which is, you know, has enough room for one person to stand in it at once, practically speaking. And it has, I think three or four secret service agents standing right over you at all times again only senior staff and senior and visitors with those senior staff and visitors for the president of the united states are present there and i i, I think this is kind of like I, we don't want to overstate the scandal right but to me it's symptomatic of the way this city works and the corruption uh that agencies are willing to the you know the obstruction and corruption that agencies are willing to go to to protect a friendly politician like Biden. The Secret Service is compromised. Why were they even investigating this? I mean, yeah. you know, presumably, you know, if it wasn't, quote, the family who walked it by without having to go through Secret Service, it got through despite their security. So shouldn't there be another agency reviewing what happened? And, um, <laughs> right. and it's just like well, that's that's the that's the ridiculousness of this. Right. I mean, it's, and it shows you know, another problem with Chris Ray's FBI, this is a major breach. Okay. So where's the department of justice? Where's the FBI? Um, cause I, I promise you, remember when they, uh, you know, back in the day, Ken Starr, and I wasn't even in Congress during these days, but I think you were, had probably just arrived to Washington in those days. He was a special counsel. Oh, yeah. They would follow and harass Ken Starr everywhere. So just like if this cocaine was found in the in in the Trump White House or the George W. Bush White House, you would have the Department of Justice. They would force the fake news, be tracking the AG, the deputy AG. They'd be tracking Chris Way, following to his house, be 50 people. Why are you not supporting an investigation? This is isn't this the FBI and the DOJ's jobs? The Secret Service appears entirely corrupt. That's what would happen. And, you know, and what's the simplest answer to all that, right? It's that was Hunter. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. do I know for sure it was Hunter Biden? No, but given the reaction of, given the ridiculous, 
you know, there are cover-ups that's like, boy, I didn't know they were covering this up. I can't imagine they would do that. Here, it was like a Keystone Cop cover-up. It was really in plain sight. And I don't think any serious person in Washington, D.C. has taken their conclusion seriously. And if it's just so obvious and so, you know, comical in that regard, it, it's 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 got to be someone very close to the president who, who did this because... Uh, you know, the Secret Service's credibility has taken a big hit here. And of course, you know, we as we've highlighted, you know, the Secret Service was protecting Hunter uh, related to that, his gun mishandling, his obviously his drug use. And, um, you know, the FBI was involved in that, according, it looks like the documents we uncovered. So it would be par yep. for the course. It wouldn't be unusual for law enforcement to come in and protect them protect him right well no one uh gets to the bottom of things like judicial watch we're talking for those of you listening later on audio we're talking to uh tom fitton from judicial watch and uh and we're doing this live stream tom i promised um folks on true social that we would get to some questions so uh we've got a we kind of compiled a bunch of the questions but i want to make sure that we get to them uh here uh because we have, i promise but from LLC photos on True Social, who, by the way, posts a lot of great photos on, on True Social, um, has a question for you, Tom. I understand Judicial Watch has been cleaning the voter rolls for years, but what are some of the steps, actions that we can take, I guess we as American citizens can take to help clean the voter rolls in our own state or county? That's a great question because I've got a great answer already because people are going to be pleasantly surprised to know that they can individually ask their jurisdiction, their election officials for information on what steps, if any, they're taking to clean up the voter rolls. So under federal law, you know, I'll warn everyone, I'm not a lawyer, so double check this, but the National Voter Registration Act, I think it's Section 8I, there, it's kind of like the FOIA. You can go in and say, I want to I want to know what you're doing to clean up the rolls and you can ask and they're supposed to give you the information. So you can, and, and I think you should ask your county and state officials those questions. That's what we do. And it's, it's not, you know, everything we do, what's both hopeful and frustrating is that everyone else can do, but too often people don't do it. All right. So I have, I have a couple questions, Tom, that are kind of the same. Uh, why are the DOJ prosecutors allowed to charge anyone on an experimental legal theory? And what can we ordinary citizens do to get anything done about the corrupt DOJ and FBI officials? No, tell well, you know, questions. I used um, to get those in Congress all the time. You know, that the first part of that, you know, I think that's an important question and an important analysis to bring to bear. If you want to know if there's a, char a charge is suspicious or corrupt, is it being brought for the first time? Is it kind of a, a unique, innovative application of the law to try to put someone in jail? And, you know, instance after instance, that's the case with Trump. I think we're going to have more of that with further indictments by Trump related to disputing the election and uh, both here in Washington, D.C. and in Georgia. Uh, you know, the Justice Department, I, I don't think can be trusted to prosecute a jaywalking case. I, I don't know what else to say about it. You know, it's, you, mean a, it's, you mean a jaywalking case against a, a, a Democrat? 
Yeah, or, yeah. or yeah. against a Republican. If it's if it's Tom Tom Fitton and Devin Nunes jaywalking in Washington, we'd be prosecuted. That's right. It would be suspicious. It would be a suspicious conspiracy claim. And they'd probably plant a bag of cocaine on us too, just for. Yeah, let, let's be clear. The Justice Department has quote career civil servants, almost all of whom are, are certainly in the senior ranks, leftist and Democrat. Okay. Mm -hmm. The number of conservatives and Republicans who work in the Justice Department, uh, you can probably track on on your, you know, on a single sheet of paper. Yeah. And, and we're talking about tens of thousands of people. Now, the FBI is a little bit more Republican leaning, but the careerists there and the deep staters, you know, really have contempt for the populist movement that Trump represented and um, and contempt for anyone who. Um, uh, would criticize the institutions of the FBI and Justice Department. And so they'll, they'll go after you just as much as, um, you know, any any Democrat would. So, I mean, the institutions are uh, think they're above the law. They think they're outside the government. I remember meeting in the Trump White House and talking to senior folks. And it wasn't and it wasn't Trump who made this comment. It was someone very senior, but um, who would be surprising given his current position on Trump. And he said, Tom, there's, you know, after all of this is over, and of course I was telling him it's never be, going to be over, we got to bring a, we got to think of a way to bring back the Justice Department into the government. Because the Justice Department thinks it's separate from the White House and independent of and beyond the control of the White House. So unless we remind the Justice Department they work for us, decimate its funding, decimate the FBI's funding, fire individuals, defund their positions as Congress can do, um, unless there are consequences for what has happened that you've uncovered, that's being uncovered again, uh, you know, uh, it, it's going to continue and it's going to get worse. And God forbid that they build them a new headquarters. I mean, just unbelievable that that would get, that that would get funded. Um, the last thing we need is more, the larger FBI in Washington, D.C., yeah, you know, I'm wondering how many folks are showing up at the FBI office now, given all these government buildings are almost all half empty. I mean, do they yeah. even need a new headquarters the way they did 10 years ago? I Good point. The, the place is a ghost town. No matter where I was in Washington, D.C. Okay. last month. I mean, no matter where you go, it's, it's just empty everywhere. Um, so you, sp you spoke about institutions collapsing, and we've talked a lot about uh, DOJ, FBI, et cetera. But people are forgetting another very important institution, Tom, and that is the, the judicial branch of, of government. And we have a question on that. What can be done to restore the judiciary when juries have been accustomed to letting personal politics influence their decision? Has venue shopping made court cases beyond redemption? Oh, I don't know. I mean... They bring all these January 6th cases in, in Washington, D.C., and I guess conservatives bring all all these anti-Biden regulation cases in Texas. So I don't know, maybe venue shopping has its place if you're uh, trying to save the republic. Eh? You know, we have a system, you know, all these problems can be addressed by, by a toolbox that the Constitution has given to us in terms of our self-government. So the toolbox is the Senate advise and consent process, presidential elections, impeachment, and funding. And of course, the jurisdiction of the courts can be limited at the federal level by Congress as well. So all those tools, um, they're loath to use, 
And uh, of course, the left is is always happy and willing to use any tool. And um, I, I think the the issue that we have to face as conservatives isn't it like an out of control judiciary. And, you know, not that that's not an ongoing issue with judges legislating from the bench, but the left's efforts to destroy our judicial system uh, by politicizing it, expanding the Supreme Court, making the Supreme Court subject to the political whims of the left and Congress in a way that's contrary to the structure of separation of powers in the Constitution. That, to me, is a bigger danger than venue shopping and politicized justices or judges at this point. Uh, because, you know, as long, you know, if we've got the judicial system more or less intact, you know, we can reform and get good judges on the bench. Uh, but if if we blow up the system as the left wants to do, you know, there's there's nothing between, you know, that thin blue line is gone uh, between us and that protects us from the outlaws. So, Tom, I have one more question from the from our questions and then. Uh, I want to uh, come back to the situation in uh, Michigan that I think has not gotten a lot of a, a lot of attention, but uh, very very troubling as as Trump has received a, a letter from uh, Jack Smith, and I want to get into that and what and how this correlates with what they've done in Michigan. But I do have one final question? I think it's a little bit tongue in cheek, but everybody knows that Tom uh, Fitton likes to uh, work out. But the question for you, Tom, is can you save some protein for the rest of us? <laughs> Pro- protein so, is the stuff of life. That's for sure. Just, just a little fun here. Just a little <laughs> fun on our podcast with Tom. Okay, Tom. So back to uh, uh, this situation in Michigan. I, I just can't believe that the Michigan AG has brought charges against what appear to be like a bunch of Republican women and men that are those, the senior, you know, we always used to call them the, the, the blue haired, you know, ladies that, you know, they used to always volunteer at the, you know, to register voters or to work at the County fair. Um, I mean, I think you had one that was one lady, one person was 85 years old. Um, And Tom, we, you and I haven't spoke about this, but this clearly I think is related to what Jack Smith and he wants to bring in Washington, D.C. against President Trump. Yeah, I mean, we're our republic is in a dangerous time. I mean, we have this Democratic Party and I don't like you you know me long enough. How often do you hear me complain about Democrats? I I don't talk like that. I mean, it's not what Judicial Watch does. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we also have to tell the truth. Well, not only that party politicians in control of prosecutorial powers whether it be at the federal or state level, are using the abusing those authorities and powers to try to jail the um, uh, the Republican Party. I mean, they're trying to sh- destroy the Republican Party from Donald Trump uh, to folks who dare to dispute an election out in, Me- in Michigan. And it sends a signal, come next election, if you complain about it, we'll put you in jail. And never before, I mean, we've always had politicized prosecutions now and again at the state and federal level, but never before has it been so brazen. And and I testified to the grand jury on these issues, the Jack yep. Smith grand jury. It was just, it was yep. hours of harassment, you know, arguing with electors. And I told them, you know, I gave them grand jury testimony. Well, Democrats disputed in elections with alternative slates of electors in 1960. You know why? I guess it's different for Republicans. Mm-hmm. 
Democrats were planning a civil war. Tom, I was there. I was there in 2016. We had to stay around for for this, what was usually kind of a ceremonial. I mean, all kinds of them opposed. They were challenging it in 2016. Yeah, the election. And and I am also confident, I can't remember how many. It wasn't as many as in 2016, but they did the same thing to George W. Bush in 2004. It wasn't as not there, as many. There hasn't been a Republican since Richard Nixon who's won that they haven't challenged as having illegally or corruptly obtained office. Nixon won, remember, in 68, based on his secret talks with Vietnam. Remember that? That's how he stole that election. 72, they blame Watergate on. 80, Reagan uh, rigged the system in negotiations with Iran. Uh, George H.W. Bush. He evidently was the go-between when he came in to try to run for office. Uh, it just happened time and time again, uh, the Democrats challenging elections, which is their right. I mean, however silly their arguments were, it was their right under the First Amendment. But they don't believe Republicans have similar rights. And I told the grand jury and Smith's team, who didn't want to hear it, that I was concerned in the summer of 2020 that Democrats were planning to subvert the rule of law we're planning unrest. And John Podesta, who currently works in the Biden White House, was wargaming scenarios on behalf of Joe Biden, it looked like, representing him in these war games among the left, that if this electoral college went the wrong way and their alternative sites weren't seated, they were going to have states like Washington State threaten to secede from the union in order to get the seat. So they were threatened, threatening, planning secession and, and yeah. civil war if if the election went the wrong way for them. So right. I'm not aware of any seditious conspiracy yeah, yeah. investigation there. And that was my testimony to the grand jury. So I'm looking right. forward to that being pursued. Yeah, I, I don't think any of that will be pursued. And after and in 2017, you had all kinds of insurrectionists that were refusing to be part of the government. You had states that and counties and cities that were voting to secede from uh, the union, as I recall. I mean, just just to- total madness. And I, you know, my mom listens to all my pod- podcasts. She's very critical uh, of me all the time, but she but she's kind enough to listen to him, gives me nice, uh, um, you know, I think positive criticism and critique most of the time. Um, but, you know, I think about all the work that she and her friends, you know, did over the years for my campaigns and working for the local Republican Party. Um, and that's what I think about when I think about these these poor um, folks in, in Michigan, just just volunteers. That, well, and they're, uh, they're, they're harassing folks in Arizona. We already knew they're doing it in Georgia. They don't want the Republican stalwarts to participate in the election in 2024. And right. I tell you, the, the law that they're planning to use against Trump, it looks like, to indict him over abusing his office to subvert, you know, the rights of others. How is that not what's happening now under Jack Smith and the Biden Justice Department, where they're abusing their authorities to subvert the next election and suppress and suppress the opposition to Joe Biden and punish opponents of Joe Biden for daring to dispute that election, which, in my view, was not only rigged, but ruined by the left. Exactly. Well, Tom, this is, uh, you and I could go on for, for hours, um, but I think we did, we did a great job kind of covering all the big, the big picture topics uh, here today and got to all the questions uh, that we put together. I'm sorry for some of you, we didn't get to all the questions. Uh, but Tom, it's uh, 
that it was a timely uh, day to have have you on and I'm guessing there's going to be a lot of other crazy news coming in the next week. I, I think, I guess, kind of final question. Do we think that we're going to hear from uh, uh, Jack uh, Smith next week in Washington, D.C.? Yeah, I think he's going to, I think he's, uh, he's going to indict. He's going to jail Trump again. He's going to try to jail Trump again. I mean, they're desperate to put him in jail before the election. And, you know, my question is to your former colleagues in the Hill, what are they going to do about it? I mean, you know, we know what they've done is wrong. I mean, this is this is obviously detail that we haven't had before, but we should be in the punishment phase. We should be curtailing this corruption, impeachment, inquiries, criminal referrals, defunding moves, and not two years from now. I mean, they need to be willing to shut the government down in October to shut down the Smith abuse of Trump. So mm-hmm. just just you know, just by one one that's just one example of the election rigging that's going on. You've got the censorship of Biden as well. The Biden administration, we, I mean, you, you know that more than most. Uh, yeah. and, and Congress, everything we don't like is being funded by Congress right now that Biden administration is doing. So in the end, they got to take ownership. Well, to be fair, uh, Tom, you are critical of the left and the Democrats, but you are also very critical of the Republicans and conservatives throughout your career, I think you play it straight down down the middle. When Republicans do stupid things, you call you call them out on it. And you are a patriot, my friend, and I'm proud to call you my friend. And look forward to working with you, hopefully, for many many more years. Appreciate it. Thank you, friend. Thanks a lot, Tom. This is Devin Nunes. You can support Tom Fitton and Judicial Watch, and we will catch you next time.